Welcome to the Build Podcast, a ministry of the Next Gen team of First Baptist Owasso. We believe the next generation, the children being raised right now, will change the world. They matter to God, to you, and to us. In this episode of Build, Julie Paul talks about side-by-side with special needs, families part one. Every day you can make a difference in a life of a child. You are not alone. This is Build. Paul, and I am the executive director at Kings Grove School, which is a new school here in Owasso for children with special needs. Um, my husband and I have four children of our own. Um, we have a 17-year-old, a 16-year-old, an 8-year-old, and a 3-year-old. Uh, so we are covering all of the gamut of parenting at this point in time, except for a uh, young adult. We're not quite there, but we're on our way. So we're in the toddler stage, the teenage phase, and then we have special needs kids as well. Um, our eight-year-old uh, Jesse has um, severe nonverbal autism, and then our three-year-old is on the autism spectrum as well um, with anxiety. So, um, I am so thankful that you all came here today, um, not only just to hear um, us and what the Lord's put on my heart today, but also just to hear and um, what all of our speakers have to say today. I think it's going to be a really great time, and I'm grateful for First Baptist for putting it on. But before we start, let's just go to the Lord in prayer. Um, and just pray for this time. Dear Lord, we just um, come to you now, and we just ask for your um, provision. We ask for clarity, and we ask for wisdom. And this of all, Lord, we just pray that whatever spoken here would be um, words that would glorify and edify you. We seek nothing more than your glory and your honor. And um, I just pray that you just use this time to help us come together and fellowship um, for you and for your glory and for the children and the persons that you put here on the earth. And we just praise your name, and Jesus, we just ask it all in your name, our Savior and our friend. Amen. All right, so before we get started, I just always like to take a little poll and ask, because um, you never know um, if it's going to be people that have special needs kids or grandkids, um, or if it's people that are wanting to get to know the special needs community better. So who in here has um, special needs children? And then um, who in here has some of the special needs children? Okay, that's usually one of the two. So, um, but um, this morning, or no, we're in the evening. This evening, um, we're going to do a couple of things. We're going to—I'm um, doing three sessions, and so this first session is really, what does God say about special needs? There is a lot out there. Um, that we see on social media, that we see on blog posts, that we read in books, um, and it is kind. There's a lot of kind things out there that people say and want to do, but it really has no relevance for us unless it is grounded in the truth. Um, the Bible is sufficient for every single life on this earth, ever since Adam was created, till when Jesus comes back and he sets up the millennial kingdom, it is sufficient for every single person that has ever walked this earth. He says that, and we believe it. And so we know that this is the standard for everything that we do. So when my husband and I started out um, in our parenting journey, we had a man and a girl, we had a dog and a cat, we had a bird, we had um, the house, I was the interior designer, my husband was um, in business, 
and everything was bright and beautiful right there. Um, we thought we knew everything about parenting, and um, we didn't, obviously. We got about two years into that, and realized we didn't. But then we thought we had it figured out again. And then the Lord gave us our son, Jesse, um, about seven years after our daughter was born. Um, and we knew right away we didn't know what was going on with Jess. Um, we knew right away that he was going to have some special needs, and we felt like we were back to square one um, with parenting and wondering how do we navigate this, what do we do. Um, we looked for books on special needs. I read every single thing that I could find. Um, and if I am that person whenever a problem is um, presented. I research. So in about a span of six months, I read 31 books on special needs. Um, I had written letters to people. I had searched and searched and searched. I had I was a good friend um, that I, I knew had special needs children of their own, um, and I was surveying all of this. And the one place that I wasn't going was here. Um, and all of a sudden, the Lord just stopped me in my tracks and said, "Julie, I am sufficient for you, and I'm sufficient for your son." And this is my plan for you. And from that time on, um, my husband and I have just sought the Lord um, through our parenting here, and then even as we um, have been able to just fellowship with other families with special needs. Um, so if you leave here with nothing else today, leave with that. You, there are plenty of books out there that I'll recommend, but there is none better than this book right here. It is absolutely sufficient for every single thing that you need. Um, but just that's kind of a brief history of my family um, is uh, that we've been navigating special needs now for about nine years. Um, in that time, we have just kind of grouped ourselves together with other families of special needs um, and realized that we're all walking a similar road. We're all dealing with the same struggles. We're all dealing with the same um, exhaustion. We're all dealing with the same sadness and joy and hope and peace and all of those things together. Um, and but the other thing that we realized, because God's given us the benefit of having neurotypical children and special needs children, is our desires for our children are the same. What we desire for our 17-year-old and our 16-year-old are the same desires that we have for our children, for Jesse and Jules, our two younger boys. Um, and that is, is that we want them to know the Lord, and we want them to serve the Lord, and we want them to live for the Lord. That's it. I mean, really, that, that's what it comes down to. That's what we want for all of our children. And so today, what we're going to talk about here in this first session is how do we do that? Because there's lots of books out there that talk about this, but does it match up to Scripture? And what does the Lord say about that? So the first, you can turn here to session one, and this this little sheet over here is, I use a lot of scripture. <laughs> and so this right here is every, all the scripture that I put over here in the outline, I put it over here, so it would be quite so long to look at it for those. But the first thing I want to talk about is why, what is the benefit of a discussion like this? Um, and Ephesians 4.11 kind of lays it out for us. It's a profitable discussion. And it says, he gave some as apostles, and some as prophets, and some as pastors and teachers, for equipping of the saints for the work of service to build up the body of Christ. And then I'll kind of skip down to the end, and it says, um, as a result, we're no longer to be children tossed here and there by the waves and carried out about by every wind of doctrine or by the tri trickery of men or craftiness and deceitful seeming. But speaking truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ, who 
who, from whom the whole body, being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes growth of the body for building up itself in love. That's why we're here, is because my children that are neurotypical and my children that are special needs, and the Lord has called them to be his, and they are following him, they are all part of that same body. And the same thing that he has called my older children to do, which is to serve him, to love him, to glorify him, and worship him, is the same exact thing that he has called my eight-year-old and my three-year-old to do, and that is to serve him, to love him, to glorify him, and to worship him. There is no difference, and there is no delineation in the body of Christ. And that's why we're here, is to say, okay, the world looks at us a little bit differently. They, because of, once again, Walker did such a good job this morning and or this afternoon in showing us how this Satan, the deceiver, has put new labels on things. And one of those places where he has put a new label is on our special needs, brothers and sisters. Because science has said, and because education has said, you are to be a productive member of society, and that is your measured worth, our special needs persons have no value in our system anymore. They have no value in our culture. But Christ said the exact opposite. He says the exact opposite. Our worth isn't what, in what we can produce. Our worth isn't in what we can do. Our worth is in Christ. Apart from him, we have nothing else. And so that's where we want to put our focus on, is the eternal viewpoint that God gives us. Because we're serving him here, but we're serving him together fully in eternity. And that's a much longer lifespan there than it is here. So that's where we're going to dive into. So the first thing, um, I'm going to like to put things in a visual. I'm very visual. So I'm talking about walking side by side about special with um, persons with special needs. And when we walk side by side, people, we're talking about fellowship. Okay? We're talking about sharing the gospel. We're talking about discipleship. We're talking about all of those things together. Um, but what does that really look like? Um, so there's a few myths that I want to go through, um, and a few truths, and then talk about the need and then our solution, and that's kind of what we're talking about this whole time that we're here today. But I just want to tell a couple of interesting facts. Um, I surveyed some uh, friends who have special needs kids and um, asked, what are some of the things that have been really hard to hear um, as you're growing up with special needs? Um, or as you're trying to do community as a family um, with a special needs family. And um, one of the biggest things was that people automatically assume that special needs families just want to be with other special needs families. We love it. It's great to have that, that support system there. That we want fellowship with the entire body of Christ. We want fellowship um, with all of us around us because we benefit from that, they benefit from that, and our children benefit from that. So that's one um, The other myth that we hear quite a bit is, uh, well, you know, your child doesn't really understand what, what we're going to say here at church today. You know, so he may just want to play over here, or he may just want to you know, do this over there. Um, that is false. Um, God, we are all dead in our sin. Um, in Romans 3.9 it says that there is no unrighteous, no not one. Um, and God tells us that because we're all dead in our sin and transgression, none of us are able to hear the word until the Spirit 
gives us the ability to do that. So if he is able to give me the ability to hear the word of God and respond to that, then he is certainly able to give my eight-year-old who cannot verbally express himself the ability to hear the word of God and respond to that in a way that is pleasing to the Lord. So any time that the word of the Lord is spoken, we are sowing seeds, and it does not go off void. And that's the same thing for our brothers and sisters with special needs. Um, so that's the truth, and that's the truth that they need to hear, um, is the gospel. You know, as Christian parents, we are doing the same things for our children with um, special needs that we're doing for our children with neurotypical needs. We are sowing those seeds of salvation. We are sowing those seeds of the gospel. We are sowing those seeds of being Christ-likeness, because what we do here on earth is what we're going to be doing there in glory forever. And so we want to prepare our kids for that. I mean, yes, we are preparing them for adulthood, but, I mean, it's a blip. You know, uh, Psalm 90 says that, uh, and Moses said there, um, whenever he's going back and talking about that, that um, we have 70 years, 80 if we have the strength. Um, and when you think about that short lifespan, I know I'm well over that halfway point because they don't have strength. And it is. It's so, it's so fast that what we're preparing them for is for an absolute eternity with Christ, where their bodies will be full, where their bodies will be whole, where their mind and their spirit and their bodies will all be 100% able to worship God and glorify Him in perfect kindness. Um, and that's what we're preparing them for here. So we set our minds on the things above. Um, and that's the solution. The solution is, is to dive into the Word and to encourage our brothers and sisters in Christ around us how to do that, okay? Because they, they don't know. They don't know. Um, so many times people have come to me, and, and I'm just kind of one of those people that you can be very open with. You can be very blunt. And they'll say, Julie, I just, I'm a little scared. I don't know how to, how to interact with Jesse. Um, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to engage him, you know, and so I want to take the time to show them how to do that, but I want to give them the reasons why they need to do that. And that's what we're going to talk about today is if you have a child with special needs, here are some reasons and some good scripture that you can share with your brothers and sisters in Christ as to why we should be doing this. If you don't have a a child who uh, has special needs, this is something that you can take and look over and pour over and say, hey, this is why. This is why this matters to me. This is not their problem. This is our opportunity to come together in Christ and be sure that we're bringing the whole body together and including the saints for God's glory. So we're going to gear up. When we walk side by side, we have to, when we go for a walk, we have to put our shoes on. We need to drink some water. We need to get ready to walk, right? Okay, so that's what we're doing here. Um, and I just want to start with, what does the Bible say? What, is, what does it say about special needs? Well, I'll be real honest. There is not a lot in here that says special needs children are this, or children with cognitive disabilities have this, or children who are blind, this. The Lord really talks about his people as a whole, and his people as a whole include those with disabilities. Um, but the very first thing, um, for one of the first times that special needs is mentioned, is actually in 2 Samuel, where King David, um, he's already become king, Saul's out, he's gone. Um, and uh, David is the king, but his best friend was Jonathan growing up. They were best friends. Uh, Jonathan laid down his life for David, and he was willing to die. Um, and uh, he had a friend like Noah. We all want friends like Jonathan, don't we? I do. Um, but um, here, Jonathan has died, and David has said, 
in Second uh, Samuel 9, 1, David said, Is there yet anyone left to the house of Saul that I might show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? So right there, he has no clue that Jonathan has a son he was like, and he just wants to show kindness to his friend's house, to, to the people of his friend's house, because he loved his friend, and, and he's in a position to do that. Um, and it says, Now there was a servant in the house of Saul whose name was Ziba, and they called to him David, and the king said to him, Are you Ziba? He said, I'm your servant. And the king said, Is there not yet anyone of the house of Saul to whom I may show the kindness of God? And Ziba said to the king, There is still a son of Jonathan who is crippled in both feet. So the king said to him, Where is he? And Ziba said to the king, Behold, he's in the house of Machnir, and I'm going to skip over that part. And then uh, the king David sent and brought him to the house of Machir, and um, David came to him, and he said, Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, came to David, and he fell on his face, prostrate before him, and David said, Mephibosheth, and he said, Here is your servant. And um, Mephibosheth thought he knew his place. He thought, I, I'm here, the king is here. Um, and David said to him, uh, David said to him, Do not fear, for I will surely show kindness to you for the sake of your father Jonathan, and will restore to you all the land of your grandfather Saul, and you shall eat at my table regularly. David showed kindness to Mephibosheth, not because he was lame, not because he was crippled in both feet. David showed kindness to Mephibosheth because he was the, the son of his best friend. That is why kindness was shown. And that's why we show kindness to others. And that's why we encourage people to show kindness to our children. It's because they are our friends. They want to know how to relate to our kids. We want others to know how to relate to our, to our children. Um, and it starts right there with, we have relations with each other. We're already there. If you are not plugged into a church, get plugged in. It is going to be hard. We're going to talk about that in session three, how to work through that. But um, if you are not already plugged in, plug in. Because that's, you will connect there through fellowship, through studying the Word of God. And when you do that, your brothers and sisters in Christ have the opportunity to then plug into your children as well. So that's number one. Um, on B, we're going to talk about why, why should we care about special needs. I mean, it's great that I can stand up here and talk about this. And it's very sweet and kind and all those wonderful things. That it doesn't matter what I say. Um, it doesn't matter what the latest blog says about autism or Down syndrome or um, any other thing like that. It matters what the Lord says about this. And so we want to be sure that we are, when we are asking our brothers and sisters in Christ to come and help us and to be there with us while we are walking this road, or you are wanting to help your friends who have special needs, we want to be sure that our heart is in the right place to do that. So why should we care? Um, so the first first reason is is because we um, because they were created by God. Okay, we all were. It says, For you formed my inmost parts, you knitted me together in my mother's womb, and I praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows them very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was in your maiden secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. The Lord was weaving together in my son's mind, and my son's body, and my son's abilities when he was in my womb. My, my Lord knew exactly what Jesse was going to be like. Jesse was beautifully and wonderfully. He was. He says right here. It says, you saw, your eyes saw my unformed substance, and in your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me as yet there were men. Our God is sovereign. He is over all things. 
that is an important fact to know. He is over every single life on this planet and has been for eternity and will be for eternity. Because of that, we can be confident, because not only is he sovereign, he's also fully loved, and we are able to fully trust him, that he purposed, this is a tactic, he purposed our children just the way they are. And because of that, they have value, and they have worth. If he didn't purpose them for that, then science would be right. And it's all about the utilitarian purpose of productivity. But it's not. The Lord purposes our kids just the way they are, with the attitudes that they are. He purposed my 17-year-old son with this really independent <laughs> attitude. And he's purposing, he purposed my 8-year-old son with this meek attitude um, as well. And he's using it for his glory. So we know that, he, that we are purposed by God. Or that we are created by God. And then, Exodus 4, if you don't believe me, here we go. In Exodus 4, we are purposed by God. Um, we think really one of the first people that we see in the Bible who had a disability it was Moses. <laughs> and we don't really think of that because he's one of our patriarchs, and we think of him as really strong. But really, he had something going on that he was not able to speak well. We don't really know what that outcome of that was, and I'm not even going to speculate. But the Lord said, then the Lord said to Moses, because Moses was saying, hey, I cannot. I can't go to Egypt. I cannot do this. I'm really not a great speaker. You know, like he was telling me words something that he didn't know. Uh, which we do all the time. Um, and then the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? And who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Okay. We can't dispute it. The Lord made our children. He made them as a living just the way they were supposed to be. And because of that, they have value and work. And he has work for them to do. Just like he had major work for Moses to do, he has major work for our children to do as well. And our brothers and sisters in Christ need to know that and understand that. And lovingly, because we are their brothers and sisters, we need to show them that. And not their parents. So here's the other big one. They are in need of God. We're going to talk about this more in session three. If you guys come to this, and that's fine if you don't. It's, you still have the, the outline for it. That, and Romans 3.23 says, For all is good and all should the glory of God. Our brothers and sisters with disabilities need the gospel. Just because my son is very cute and very sweet and very meek, his disability does not cleanse him from his unrighteousness. He is a sinner, just like I am, just like Adam was. He needs the gospel. He needs the gospel truth. And he needs it presented to him from his family, and he needs it presented to him from his church. And all of our special needs people need to hear that. They need salvation. That is our one desperate need, and it is our commonality throughout all of humanity. And our friends need to know that as well. That's why they pour into. That's why we need to pour into our special needs brothers and sisters. I'll take just a second and tell you just a quick, quick um, note. There are nine million special needs persons in America. In Oklahoma alone, there are over. Um, I think that there are over thirty thousand here in Oklahoma. Uh, in Owasso, there are over eleven thousand people with special needs. In Owasso. There are not that many special needs people in our churches. They're not. They are the most marginalized and unreached people group in the world. 
anything deductible. And that's why. That's why. That's why it's important. Last is, um, and I love this part, is they are welcomed and esteemed by God. Um, in Mark 10, 14 through 15, it says, But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said, But then let the little children come to me, do not hinder them. For such belongs to the kingdom of God. And truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. We love this verse for our children. Okay? We we love this verse for everyone. Because we have to have childlike faith to be able to enter the kingdom of God. We do. And science is not going to ever prove it for us. There is science declares the glory of the Lord. Trust me, God's creation does. That it is our faith and trust in the Lord that that is is how we will be with Christ for eternity in heaven. And Jesus tells us right there that we receive Christ just through we receive the kingdom of God like a child. And our special needs brothers and sisters are esteemed highly by him. He spoke it out right there to say, look, this is it. Okay? This is the beautiful thing about my son Jesse. He might not be able to have a conversation with me, um, but today, I'll just give you this instance in church this morning, we're sitting there listening and singing together, which he can't sing, he kind of makes some noises, um, but our music director just put in John 3.16, and I saw Jesse look up, because we've been working on that verse for three years, we've been working on that verse together, and he looked up, and he recognized that, he knew that, he knew that right there. One day, we came home from church, and Jesse was on the staircase, and I hear, Jesus loves me, Jesus loves me, Jesus loves me. They have been singing, Jesus loves me in church. Jesse is already getting the word poured into him. He already has the childlike faith that's there. But we have to do that. We have to give it to him. We have to give it to our children, especially. Okay, why not to care? Um, I always like to throw this one in there uh, because this, once again, Satan's just twisted God's words and um, he's created the hierarchy. Um, most people equate the least of these in Matthew 5 where it says, if you had not done this for the least of these, then you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Um, he is not talking there about special needs persons. <laughs> Through that whole thing, he is talking about his disciples um, and how they have gone out. And his disciples are sitting beside him, and they have gone out to all the all the world. He's just he's getting ready to get the recognition, um, and told them to go out to all the world. Um, and he is saying that they have been missionaries, and they've gone out, they've gone door to door, they've been house to house. And he is pointing to them, saying, "The least of these." Now, whoever was the least of his disciples, I don't know, um, but it surely wasn't a person with special needs on his disciple panel there. So when this phrase phrase got taught up and when Mother Teresa was around, um, she did a lot of really good work that she coined the phrase, I do this for the least of these. And what that has done is it has taken a biblical worldview, a biblical view, and has changed it to a worldview. It has set our children and our special needs persons up on a hierarchy that says that they are the least. They're the bottom of the barrel. And Nowhere in scripture does that validate that statement. Once again, scripture can't contradict itself. It cannot do it. 
Um, so if you see something that says, wait, that's not what the Lord said. The Lord just said in Mark that they're esteemed. The Lord just said um, in Exodus that he's the one that purposed them to be like this. So how could it be that they're, that they're the least? They're not. <laughs> that's not what that's saying. And that's not why we should try to have fellowship and walk side by side with our feelings and our persons especially. And um, when we do that, it makes us the, um, the servant or the savior, and it makes them those that we helped. Um, it makes them a project for us. Um, and that's, that's not right. That's not what the Lord wants. Um, none of your other brothers and sisters on the Lord are projects to you, or they shouldn't be. Um, and so they are, they are not as well. Um, so D, why, why share the gospel? Why disciple persons with special needs? Well, let's look at the Great Commission, and let's kind of break that down for a minute and check my time. This, oh, I really do need to talk for a long time. Um, <laughs> I did this this whole, all three sessions of this and one one speaking engagement at our own church, and I fit it all into 45 minutes. I don't even know how we started late. Okay, well, thank you. There we go. That's a little better. <laughs> <laughs> they were late dismissing you guys. Okay, okay. Well, we're going to be late good now, and we're going to talk for our panel as well. Um, so Matthew 28, 18 through 20 um, is, is the Great Commission, and it says this. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And, lo, I'm with you even until the end of the age. So the first thing is this. Um, who is to go? Who's to go do that? Um, he just says, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. And so there he's talking to his disciples, but we know that we're disciples as well. We're disciples of Christ. So if you're in Christ, you're supposed to go. Um, so if you're not a special needs person, you're supposed to go and make disciples of all the nations. And in all the nations, there are special needs people. So there should be no delineation whether you are discipling to people of neurotypical um, intellect or people of special needs intellect. There's just not a difference there. Um, the other question is, is who's to receive? Well, once again, all the nations. Everyone should receive. That. Not just our non-typical persons, but our persons with disability are supposed to receive the gospel. But here's the kicker. Who gave the command and what authority? Well, goodness. Who said that? It was Jesus. And he has the authority because he is over all things. And in him, all things are created. And for him, all things are created. So when he tells us to go and do that, we have to go and do that. That is part of being a Christ follower is we share the gospel. Um, and if he said to everyone, then they share it with everyone. Now, the Lord has given each of us special circumstances. He has not put me as a missionary in Africa at this time. I hope that he doesn't, but I shouldn't even say that out loud. Because um, <laughs> he does have some care. But he has put me here. He has put me in Owasso. And so as he brings people in my life and out of my life, it is my responsibility and should be my joy and privilege as his daughter to share the good news of his salvation. And I I do. I want to do that with everyone. I try to do that with everyone. Um, sometimes people get a little put off by it because I'll even talk about it at Sprout sometimes when I'm checking out. Um, but um, 
But it is to everyone. It is to everyone. And it's to our brothers and sisters with special needs. But here's here's the other things. We we always stop there to share the gospel and baptize them. But then he says, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. Well, there is there's my alarm. Um, he there is a lot here that he commanded us. We are not going to get that in in one little session. So this is talking about the discipling part. This is talking about we are teaching them the Bible because they need that for their daily living. My son, Jesse, I have no clue how much he can take in. I have no clue how much he can comprehend. But I do know that it's hard for him some days. And so when he is having a hard day, we look here to say, Jesse, the Lord is with you. The Lord is your guide. The Lord is your shelter. The Lord is your stronghold. He's holding you in his righteous right hand. He's sheltering you under his wing. He is here. He made you. He loves you. That's how he gets through his days, because I'm teaching him everything that the Lord has commanded us. And Jesse decides that he doesn't want to do his work for the day. Jesse, the Lord told you that you have to obey your mother and father. And if it's your teacher, you have to obey them. I know you hear me, and I know you can obey. So come up to the desk, and let's get going. We instruct our children, especially needs the same way that we instruct our other children, and it's through the teaching of the Bible, and that gives their, their life work. It does. And that's why we need to fellowship with our brothers and sisters in the church, because not only are we teaching their children, but we are giving them life-changing information that will give them peace, that will give them joy, that will give them strength, that will give them a solid foundation when they are too tired to think when they are overcome with sadness and loneliness, when they are overcome with all of the inundation of financial stress and um, other sibling stress and marital stress and everything else that comes along with special needs. This is it. And there is nothing else that will get them through this time other than Christ. That is why our church and our community as brothers and sisters in Christ, we have to be pouring into our families and our persons with special needs. Um, I'm going to stop there because we're going to talk about those other two things actually in our next session. And if you're not going to be here, that's okay. You'll have it on the outline. You've got the scripture and they're going to record me. But I just want to take a few minutes to introduce these two ladies. These are some friends of mine who have special needs children. Um, this is Shelly Greenhawn. She has two daughters. Um, she has Kenley, who is 16. 17 now, she does, she's very tiny, um, and Kinley has a very rare genetic disorder called uh, cardiovascular cutaneous syndrome, yes, and they all hope it is, it is, and then Cammie, they're 14, no, she's 15, because she's Alex's age, um, she has um, fragile syndrome, is that correct, and autism, but she's an intellectual disability and autism, and causes. There you go. There you go. And then this is Miss Laura Hinkelein, and she has four children as well. And one of her sons, AJ, has Down syndrome. And so I just ask them to be here during these sessions um, just to answer the questions that someone might have just about fellowshipping, um, you know, being intentional about how to how to interact with children, how to foster those relationships, how to get things started, and even in your own church or in your own home. So. Um, Laura and Shelly and myself will kind of field those questions if you all have some of those. But this is a place where you can be really open and honest and ask 
very hard questions and nobody's going to be offended. And whether you say persons with special needs or special needs persons, nobody's going to be upset which order you said it in. Okay, it's all going to work out. So um, I'm just going to kind of, we can go ahead and turn this part off. Thanks for listening to Build. Our desire is to walk with you. We hope the episode helps you better understand your kids and engage with them more intentionally. The Build Conversation never ends. Visit fbcowasso.org to stay connected and discover an incredible community of people who are on this journey together. We look forward to building an incredible story with you.